Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host. I'm Shemaine Linney. I am an integrative health practitioner, nutritional therapist, and iridologist. I'm very happy to have you back with me for another bit of your day. And as always, I hope you find the information in this episode super helpful. This week, or in this episode, we're going to look at um, anovulation. This came up in one of my groups recently, so I wanted to address it in a bit more depth here. But before we go on, I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. So anovulation, we're going to get into this. Anovulation basically means you're not ovulating. So in order to understand this, we need to understand ovulation. We also need to understand that ovulation is the main event of the menstrual cycle. If you do not ovulate, you are not going to make progesterone. You need to ovulate to signal to your body to make progesterone. Progesterone is your calming, anti-anxiety, feel-good, sleep-better hormone. Progesterone is so important. A menstrual cycle, by definition, is an ovulatory cycle in which ovulation is the main event and then progesterone is made. Any other kind of bleed is either anovulatory or a pill bleed neither of which are real menstrual cycles. So ovulation and ovulatory cycles are the only way to make progesterone, which, like I mentioned, is super important for health and sleep and anxiety and so many things. Just helping women feel sane, um, not just for making babies. So progesterone is probably, I think, our most important hormone. So um, the first, so let's look at the cycle. The first half of your cycle is what we call the follicular phase, which is the pre-ovulatory phase where your estradiol is made. I always think of or remember these by follicular phase. It starts with an F. It's the first phase. The luteal phase, which is the last phase, it starts with an L. I know, very basic, but this is how I remember things. Uh, the luteal phase is the post-ovulatory phase when your progesterone is made. So estrogen in the first half, progesterone in the second half. And in between there, we have ovulation. So your follicular phase, the first phase, ranges from 7 to 21 days or more, even 32 days for teenagers. Um, it's, it's the variable part of the menstrual cycle. In contrast, the luteal phase is almost exactly 14 days all the time and does not vary or does not vary very much at all. So that's more static, your luteal phase. If you add up the variable or the follicular phase, to the more fixed luteal phase, the duration of a healthy menstrual cycle 
is anywhere between 21 to 35 days or 45 days for teenagers. So for those of you that panic, oh, my cycle is 30 days or it's only 22 days, that's okay. You're still within what we would consider a normal range. Um, so then that second half with this most important hormone, progesterone, this is not only is it our sanity hormone and helps us sleep and keeps us calm, it's our period lightening hormone. So if there is no luteal phase, the result can be a period that's way too heavy or goes on for too long. But also progesterone is very important in PMS. If there's not enough progesterone being produced, you can have a lot of PMS issues. And I think this is really important for women to understand and understand their body. And this is body literacy. This comes back to the posts I've been doing over the last few weeks, trying to help women understand how their body works. And a lot of women having menstrual issues and issues around PMS and I believe a lot of this comes back to progesterone. I mean, we could keep talking and go into the progesterone steel or um, the pregnenolone steel, but we're not going to. Just understand, progesterone is a key player here when it comes to your period and PMS. So, an anovulatory cycle, which there was a comment in my group last week, and one lady said, Oh yeah, I only have two to three periods a year. It's always been like this. And I said, really? Uh, what has your doctor said about this? And her response was, oh, he said this was normal. And I was like, this is definitely not normal. So what she's experiencing is an anovulatory cycle. An anovulatory cycle has no luteal phase and pretty much no progesterone. An anovulatory cycle does not have that luteal phase because they're not ovulating. Um, instead, it or she only has a long follicular phase and the estrogen that goes along with that, so a lot, a lot of estrogen, and then eventually some sort of breakthrough bleed. Um, and that's where she or they or whoever it is is having a period maybe every four months and that's just a breakthrough bleed that's not a real period um, other names for anovulatory cycles include hormone imbalance um, estrogen and progesterone imbalance dysfunctional uterine bleeding ovulatory dysfunction estrogen dysfunction, excess estrogen, estrogen dominance, unopposed estrogen, and then breakthrough bleeding, like I mentioned. Over time, anovulatory cycles can lead to problems like endometrial thickening and endometrial hyperplasia or even uterine polyps. Like this is not something your doctor should be nonchalant about. Like this is important. The menstrual cycle is a woman's indicator of health. So what are the causes of anovulatory cycles? Uh, one being a teenager, because teenagers are only being introduced to their cycle. There's no regulation there. It takes years to regulate and become accustomed to your cycle and your cycle to become accustomed to your body. So just being a teenager, 
So that doesn't mean in those early age, though, it's a problem. But if it never regulates, then there may be a problem. PCOS is a cause of anovulatory cycles. Um, so you definitely want your doctor to look into that. High prolactin, uh, hypothalamic amenorrhea, or under eating can cause an anovulatory cycle. I did a post on this recently. Under eating, not just calories, even carbohydrates can cause this hypothalamic amenorrhea and even chronic excess stress. Um, recovering from hormonal birth control. If you just came off hormonal birth control, it can take a while for your cycle to regulate again. So you may have a couple of anovulatory cycles. Um, perimenopause can cause anovulatory cycles. And then progestin-only birth control, including IUDs or hormonal IUDs, they can cause anovulatory cycles as well. So how do you know if you have an anovulatory cycle? Well, firstly, you can take your body temperature every day of the month. If you don't see a spike in temperature at that midway point for three to four days um, and continuing on even for the remaining two weeks, then you will know pretty fairly accurately that you did not ovulate. Testing your body temperature is one of the most accurate ways to um, see if you're ovulating or not. Like, it's pretty reliable. If your cycle is shorter than 21 days, counting from day one to day one, a healthy menstrual cycle, like I mentioned, anywhere from 21 to 35 days. So a cycle shorter than 21 days is almost always and ovulatory and the same being over 35 days if you're a mature woman or 45 if you're a teenager um, this would just be like I mentioned that very long follicular phase or an, an ovulatory cycle it's not possible to have a luteal phase longer than 14 even 16 days except with pregnancy and the rare situation of a cord corpus luteum cyst, but in general, like I mentioned, that luteal phase, pretty reliable, it's pretty static, it's usually 14 days. Um, then if your bleed lasts more than seven days, a healthy period should last between two to seven days. So yes, if your period's only two days, but perfectly normal. So two to seven days and loses no more than 80 mils of blood or menstrual fluid over all of those days. I know that giving a number of 80 mils to someone is kind of like, well, I'm not measuring, so how the hell would I know? Look, if you're looking at two to three tablespoons, that's kind of, quote, normal or average for bleeds. Uh, and even at that, I know you're not measuring with a tablespoon, but just to give you an idea, if you bleed more than that and for more than seven days, chances are it's more than likely an anovulatory cycle. Um, the flow with an anovulatory bleed, it can vary. It could be very light, it could be very heavy, it could be normal. So that's why I like testing your body temperature and it's easy, it's not invasive. You could do first thing in the morning as soon as you get up. Progesterone is such an amazing hormone. Um, 
progesterone causes basal body temperature to rise by half a degree. That also influences your metabolism. I've spoken about this for years. That's why you can really optimize your fat burning ability in the second half of your cycle if you play the game right. Um, but healthy ovulation results in this sustained temperature rise during this whole second half of your cycle. If the temperature doesn't rise, it is a good indication that you did not ovulate. So testing your temperature, I can't stress how easy and effective it is. Uh, you don't need any special apps. You could just jot it down a piece of paper. You don't need to do anything too invasive. You don't need to go anywhere. Like, why wouldn't you just test? And that also, like I mentioned, and I've mentioned in previous podcasts and posts on testing your metabolism, it is a good test for um, your metabolism. So um, how do you treat an ovulatory cycles? If you're not ovulating, the solution is obviously to figure out why not, and then you treat that. So PCOS being one of the most common ones nowadays, if you get a diagnosis of PCOS, then you're going to treat that. If your problem is under eating, under eating calories or carbohydrates, then you can easily change that. Well, hopefully it will be easily Um your doctor should be, like I mentioned, not so nonchalant about an, an ovulatory cycle. They should be doing their tests. They can test for high prolactin and PCOS and so on. So make sure that you are your own advocate. Speak up. Tell them what you want. Tell them this is not normal and can you test for it? And then back to what I mentioned earlier about a period bleed. Um, a lot of women, a lot of girls don't understand. They think that if they're on the pill, they're still having a period. It's not a period. Pill bleeds are not periods. It's a breakthrough bleed. It's a withdrawal bleed from the drug itself. There's no ovulation or even attempt at ovulation. So then there's no progesterone. So what you're getting when you take a break from your pill for those seven days or whatever it is, you're just getting that withdrawal bleed. So you're not ovulating there. And I'm not saying don't go on birth control or do this or do that. I'm just trying to educate you. Everyone has their reasons um, for taking birth control or an IUD or whatever they do. But if you do do a blood test, while on the pill, you will notice that your hormones are almost zero. So that's the estradiol and progesterone. They'll be almost zero. You'll know then that you're not ovulating. Um, but I, I kind of think if someone's on the pill or has an IUD, they don't want to ovulate. They don't want to get pregnant either. I know people take birth control for other reasons, maybe the heavy bleeding and so on and so on. Um, but I think I'll leave it at that before I confuse people even more. I hope you found this super helpful. I hope this made sense to you and helped you go, oh, okay, I didn't know that. That makes sense now. As always, if you have any questions, please reach out to me. You can get me at shemainsmodelhealth.com. Uh, I'm pretty active on Facebook under Shemaine's Model Health. And then Instagram, Shemaine's Model Health. And then uh, you can also 
I'll pop my email into the podcast episode if you wanted to email me directly. As always, please share with anyone you think may benefit from this information. Any females, young ladies, daughters, sisters, nieces that you think should know this information or that you know are struggling with their cycle, please share this with them. Sharing is caring and I really believe not enough girls and women understand what's happening in their body and I hope this episode really helps to shift that a little bit. Well, thank you for spending some more of your day with me. Take care. I'll chat to you all real soon. Bye-bye.